Welcome to the Wired to Hunt podcast, your home for deer hunting news, stories, and strategies. And now, your host, Mark Kenyon. Welcome to the Wired to Hunt podcast. I'm your host, Mark Kenyon. This is episode number 182. And today we're back with another rut radio episode in which we're getting from the field reports on the progress of the whitetail rut. And today we're getting updates from states such as Missouri, Ohio, Georgia, West Virginia, and more. Hey guys, real quick before we get started, just want to ask you for a little forgiveness here because of some audio quality issues you're going to hear coming up here. Uh, We had to record our little intro between me and Spencer while I was on the road calling in from a cell phone. So I'm going to sound a little bit different than usual. Thanks for bearing with me. And with that out of the way, we'll kick it to the show. All right. Welcome to the Wired to Hunt podcast brought to you by Sick Gear. And we are back here for another one of our rut radio editions of the podcast. And as you can tell from uh, from how I sound, probably I'm not recording this in my usual studio because it's the rut, and uh, I'm all over the world right now chasing bucks. And uh, how about you, Spencer? You uh, you've been out and about and uh, talking to a lot of people about deer hunting at least, right? Yeah, I am uh, in South Dakota. I'm about to hit a two-week marathon of, of hunting here, and I'm excited to get back in, in the woods in this part of the world. Uh, but I, I've been doing some scouting and, and stuff to anticipate those seasons, and the rut is absolutely here. And I don't know if it's uh, more of a, a perception of the rut because now a lot of the crops are knocked down and things are more visible or, or what it is, but I'm starting to see some bucks and does that are, you know, locked down out in some CRP or, uh, you know, bucks just cruising midday and, and cut cornfields. But the, the activity is definitely up here in South Dakota. And I think we're talking to the rare Ohio Mark Kenyon right now. What, what do you see in there? <laughs> yes. Um, very, uh, my buddies have been down in Ohio the past few days, not a whole lot of action for them so far. Um, I just have got down here, had kind of a slow day, but uh, I've heard from other people, there's, there's some good action, some good activity. And, um, and I guess we should, we should rewind the tape just a little tiny bit, just in case someone is new and listening for the first time, because I didn't do my usual explanation of what this radio episode is. So just in case you're not familiar with what we're doing here. On these special episodes of the podcast, we are checking in with a handful of different hunters from across the country to talk about, you know, what me and Spencer have just been mentioning here, and that's the progress of the rut. What kind of deer activities out there? What kind of deer behavior? What kind of conditions are present? What kinds of tactics are working right now? Um, so, so that's what we're going to do here today, and um, and so that's why you know Spencer just asked me here about what's going on in Ohio. I don't have a whole lot to share on the Ohio front. Um, I can say on the Michigan front, that's where I've been the last like nine days and the activity in Michigan has been really great. Um, the, the rut activity, at least in my neck of the woods and some of my friends who've been out, I would put up there at eight or nine, um, lots of chasing, lots of, you know, cruising. Um, I've seen bucks locked down with does. I've seen, um, I saw a button buck try to mount his mom. That was a little weird. Um, <laughs> And I saw some fighting too. So, so lots of rutting activity from my Michigan hunt. Um, I think it's I think it's about as good as it gets for uh, for the rut down here. 
Yeah, and it, we're about to get into the, the silly season here of where deer disappear, new deer show up, and stuff like that. And this last week, I, I've been really surprised with how many guys have killed their target buck. Um, have you been seeing a lot of the deer that you know, you've been seeing all year there in Michigan out, outside of Holyfield? Are you seeing a lot of the bucks that you're familiar with still? Yeah, basically every deer I've seen is a deer that I know. I haven't gotten any newcomers um, on camera, really, or in-person observation. But all the bucks that I have had on camera, I've been seeing them pretty consistently. Um, you know, running around chasing does. I've seen midday activity. I've seen, you know, all times of day activity. So, so yeah, for, you know, and that's kind of norm on this kind of area that I'm hunting in Michigan. I don't tend to get a whole lot of new bucks, and that might be kind of unique to my area. Um, but... But, you know, like you said, this is the time of year when you start getting those excursions happening, new bucks start showing up, or the bucks you've been hunting start disappearing. Um, have you been hearing that from other guys you talked to as well? Yeah, it seems like a couple new deer are starting to show up, um, and most noticeably it's been that the mature deer are starting to move. And who we talked to this week is Sean Luchtel with Heartland Bowhunter in Missouri, and then Lindsey Thomas Jr. in Georgia with QDMA. And then from the average outdoorsman in West Virginia, we have Zach Lamb. And then we go to North Dakota and talk to John Arman from Ultimate Outdoor Adventures TV. And then in Michigan, we have Cole Stevens with Hawk Hunting. Awesome. Well, uh, sounds like a good slate. I don't have a whole lot more to share on my front because um, on our regular episode of the Wired Hunt podcast, I'll, uh, I'll share some interesting stories of what's been happening for me. But anything else on your side, Spencer, before we get to these rut reports? I don't think so. I'm excited that uh, mid-November is upon us, but it's also that kind of uh, a stressful time, as I'm sure you're probably feeling with Holyfield, uh, <laughs> that like yeah. you know these are the best days, so that there's a little more pressure in the woods. Yeah, that's, uh, that is the truth. I've been feeling the pressure, been grinding away at it, and, um, and I will tell more all about that in the next episode. How about that? <laughs> that sounds good. We'll talk to you next week, Mark. All right, thanks, Spencer. Before we get to our first update, though, let's pause to thank our sponsors at Sitka Gear. And for this week's Sitka story, we're joined by Jeff Simpson, who tells us about the first whitetail hunt with his son. Late season last year, my son, who was uh, 12 at the time, getting ready to turn, actually he was 11 at the time, getting ready to turn 12, um, decided he wanted to go out and chase a whitetail with his bow for the first time. So we uh, we cranked his bow down and... Um, Got him shooting pretty well using that Matthew Stoke and took him out and we sat in a tree that was probably not big enough for either one of us to be sitting in, but it was one of the, uh, the better options I had at the time. And uh, we ended up having a really good night. It was really windy, so it was kind of moving us around a little bit, but we didn't get very high, so we stayed pretty good. Um, but, you know, with a kid that age and, you know, they, they weigh nothing at that age, um, to sit through that kind of weather with that kind of wind and we had deer covering us up all night, um, that wind stopper did a really good job for him. So um, it was pretty neat. I had my hand on his head the entire time, just trying to hold, hold him still and keep him focused. And uh, lo and behold, he got to pull off his first shot and ended up taking his first deer with a bow. And large in part, I think it was to just having the right gear to keep him warm. On Jeff's hunt, he was wearing Sitka's Fanatic system. If you'd like to create a Sitka story of your own or to learn more about Sitka's technical hunting apparel, visit SitkaGear.com. All right, and joining us on the line first in Missouri is Sean Luckdale with Heartland Bowhunter. 
Now, Sean in Missouri, what would you say the buck activity has been lately on a scale of one to 10? Hey, I would say the uh, buck activity on a scale of one to 10 is probably a six or a seven right now, as far as what I'm seeing. Based on uh, a couple or a buck I saw two days ago, he was locked down in the middle of a field with a doe, um, four and a half year old that I have a lot of history with. Um, I believe that most of the bucks are locked down with those right now. So I feel like a lot of buck activity is decreased because they're locked down with the does, not moving, trying to seek. The only ones that are are the ones that don't have a doe. So it's a little bit lower right now as far as what I'm seeing. And the timing of what you think is the lockdown phase right now, historically, would you say it's a little bit earlier or later than this? Seems to be a little bit earlier um, compared to last year or uh, previous years. And so with it being locked down, what is your strategy right now for trying to get one with your bow? I'm actually focusing more on um, timber and bedding areas, um, hoping that that doe is going to come by that has that buck with her. And so have you seen sign making go completely silent right now as far as scrapes and rubs? No, I'm still seeing uh, some of it here and there. Um, It's definitely decreased over the past week, um, but the ones that don't, have does right now seem to still be making scrapes and uh, and rubs. All right, Sean. Well, Missouri's gun season opens this weekend. How do you think that's going to change buck activity and change things for a bow hunter like yourself? With the season, the gun season opening, I think it's gonna it's gonna make things tougher because uh, certain bucks may start to drop off the map as the, they could get shot. Um, hunting pressure is going to be up, so it could move them out of certain areas that I that I think they're going to be. Um, it's just going to make things a little more complicated, but um, I try to not pressure certain areas as much during this time period in hopes that a lot of deer will concentrate in areas that aren't pressured. Well, if you think we are in lockdown right now, and this is a little bit earlier than normal, what do you think caused that? A weather front, moon phase, harvest, anything in particular? I would have to think that it's the moon phase for sure. Um, it seems that uh, was it a week and a half ago we had a rising moon um, in the evenings, and then uh, then now it's 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 rising in the middle of the night. I just I do believe that that has something to do with the uh, the lockdown phase and the rut uh, being a little bit earlier this year. Well, will you do any calling right now as far as uh, grunting, doe bleats, anything like that? I'm attempting it. Uh, I've been rattling, and I haven't been too successful. Um, if I do see a buck cruising. I definitely grunt at him um, if he's uh, of decent size just to get him to come in closer. Um, and I've had some success, and then other times it's kind of like they have, they're have they on their their mission and they might hear it, but they're not, they're not too interested. Well, if we have some of the more mature bucks in lockdown right now, uh, like in this next week, what is your strategy going to change for hunting them? Will you focus back on food again, or will you continue to look for those does? I will definitely be looking for the does uh, this uh, this coming week, as I think once a lot of these does come, or a lot of these bucks come off of these does, I think they'll be seeking uh, new does. So go where the does are, and uh, I believe to uh, to find the bucks. All right. Well, going into this weekend, as we hit the double digits of November, what is your ideal setup look like for trying to tag a mature deer? Travel corridors. Um, Still not going to concentrate too much on the food. I'll probably wait two weeks for that. Um, but uh, just just travel corridors in the timber um, in hopes that 
I can catch a buck cruising um, through a pinch point or maybe heading from one bedding area to another, just trying to cut them off. And going forward, Sean, in this next week or so, what do you think that buck, that buck activity is going to look like on a scale of 1 to 10 in Missouri? I think it'll pick back up, um, probably back to an 8 or a 9, maybe even possibly a 10. Uh, you never know this time of year. I think uh, you get a pocket of days that are really, really good, and then it can slow back down again. So making sure that I'm in the woods when those those couple of days are are uh, are there, um, that's going to be my goal. All right, Sean. Well, it sounds like you're going to be putting in the time, so some good things should come. And good luck. Thanks for joining me. Thanks a lot. All right, and joining us on the line next is Lindsey Thomas, Jr., the Director of Communications for QDMA. Now, Lindsay, in Georgia, what would you say the buck activity has been lately on a scale of 1 to 10? Uh, I'd say the last week or so, it's really been 6 to 8 throughout most of the state. Um, we had a warm spell here this past weekend, uh, what November 4th and 5th. We were up in the 80s, you know, 80 throughout most of the state and higher in some of the other areas, but um, which didn't help. You know, hunting wasn't all that comfortable. Mosquitoes were out, but... Uh, deer activity was still pretty good, and, and there are some good bucks being killed. So we're a 6 to 8 throughout most of the state. Got a cold front incoming right now, uh, so I'm expecting this weekend to be jam up uh, with 8 to 10 coming up soon. So it being a 6 to 8 right now, uh, what would you label this phase as the rut that we're in in Georgia? Most of the state, central part of the state, we are right in the heat of it. Um, we know from data most of the breeding takes place from November 3rd, 4th through, you know, into the teens of November and throughout most of central Georgia. Now in coastal Georgia, southeast Georgia, we have a slightly earlier rut. Uh, we are maybe coming off the peak there. Uh, I was down there um, a week and a half ago, October 28th through 30th, hunting in southeast Georgia right there in, in kind of the peak of it. We had uh, that windy weather that most of the southeast saw that weekend, but the deer were moving. Um, so I think we're behind the peak of the rut uh, in southeast Georgia, but it is really you know in in the heart of it right now in central Georgia. Now southwest Georgia and northeast Georgia both see a little bit later rut. They get into late November into early December for their peak, so that's not happening quite yet. Uh, they're still in a pre-rut, but I, I think in the vast majority of the state, most of the heart of Georgia and central Georgia, uh, we are uh, just coming into really the prime days. And like I said, I think that the timing of the cold front coming up this weekend, um, folks need to be in the woods. Well, Lindsay, next week, most hunters uh, envision the phase that they consider lockdown where bucks aren't moving too much for maybe a couple-day window where, uh, you know, bucks and does are bedded down, and, and that's when a lot of the breeding is taking place. What are your thoughts on the lockdown phase? I don't believe there is such a thing, Spencer, um, and the scientific evidence shows, and we're talking about numerous, numerous studies with bucks wearing GPS collars, looking at their daily movement rates. Um, scientific studies like that have never seen evidence of a lockdown phase or a lull that would be on a level noticeable to hunters. Uh, yes, an individual buck may stop and, and cease movements and, and spend a few hours with an individual doe, but again, that's not going to be on the level where hunters, you know, hunting day to day are going to notice, wow, you know, bucks just aren't moving today because they're locked down. Generally, we know that uh, this is the time of year when a buck is covering 100% of his home range. Uh, so generally, if you're not seeing a buck you had been seeing, he's somewhere else. Um, so you need to be, you know, moving around. 
again, this is the time of year where, you know, peak breeding and that's going to happen no matter what the weather's doing. So that's why my feeling is get in the woods if you can, take your days off from work if you can. Um, I mentioned that uh, weekend before last, uh, October 29th, I was down in southeast Georgia at my family's land. The winds that, that afternoon, that Sunday afternoon, we had a, a strong front grow through. The winds were, were ex- exceeding 20 miles per hour. I mean, the tree I was in was swaying back and forth. And at 530 in the afternoon, I'm looking at a mature buck. Uh, out of range in my binoculars, and my dad actually saw him too from a different vantage point. Um, neither one of us had a shot at him. Up on his feet, drifting around, you know, uh, moving in super high winds. So when it's time, it's time. Uh, don't let the weather discourage you. You need to be out there. Well, with being in that best rut action in Georgia, what does your ideal setup look like right now, you know, going forward in this next week or so? We've still got um, white oak acorns on the ground. Most of them are out of the trees, but it was a bumper crop in a lot of the state is what I'm hearing this year. So, you know, that's still a factor in terms of determining where the does are going to be. Um, so, you know, try to put yourself where you feel like the, the, the most um, doe activity and food sources are available. Food plots are looking good in most of the state. We've had enough rain in most areas. We're not dry right now for those to germinate and be doing well and looking green. They looked real good in coastal Georgia when I was down there a week and a half ago. They're looking good here now in central Georgia. And I think um, as those white oak acorns fade out, you're going to see more more uh, activity on food plots uh, in you know the rest of November into Thanksgiving and into December too. So that's going to become a factor. Again, don't sit there and hunt over a food plot if you're not seeing feeding and browsing activity there. Check the sign, watch it, move there when you're ready. But I think uh, between, you know, watch that shift between acorns into food plots in, right now and into the next couple of weeks. Well, I think you touched on this earlier, but going forward then in this next week, what do you think that buck activity is going to look like on a scale of 1 to 10? Uh, I'm going to say 9 to 10 in most of the state. Uh, we've got, again, this cold front coming up. It's going to be a good time to be in the woods. Um, we're in the peak of historical breeding right now for most counties in the state. Um, we're seeing six to eight now, some nine, and I think, um, you know, I'm really expecting to bust wide open this weekend and the next week. Some good deer are already being killed in the state, but I I think, uh, you're going to be seeing sort of the peak of that coming up here in the next week to two. All right, Lindsay, great intel. And thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me, Spencer. Good luck. All right. And joining us on the line next is Zach Lamb in West Virginia with the average outdoorsman. Now, Zach, in West Virginia, what would you say the buck activity has been lately on a scale of 1 to 10? Uh, here this week, it's been about a 7. The uh, It's been warm. The uh, We're starting to get a cold front coming in, so the, the activity is slowly starting to pick up. Um, it's been hard hunting here because of the mass crop, so it, we, we really don't have – you can't pinpoint the deer in one general location because they're scattered out all over the place. So what sort of rut activity have you observed so far in early November? Are you seeing some seeking and chasing? Have you seen any bucks locked down? Uh, what have you observed? We're seeing some chasing. It's starting to slowly pick up. Uh, mostly younger bucks, though, and two-and-a-half-year-olds. Um, we're not seeing a whole lot of older deer, which the older deer around here are only three years old. Um, at the oldest, you'll have a four-year-old. So they're still laying low and hanging tight. And they're still coming in at night. We're slowly starting to get some daytime pictures of them, 
but we are starting to get pictures of more and more pictures of bucks that we haven't got to see all year. So they're slowly starting to filter in. Now, are there any food sources in particular that you'll focus on as we hit the double digits in November? Uh, food sources for us this year is going to be mainly oak. Uh, like I said, the mass crop hit hard. Um, we we normally focus on some public land food plots and stuff, but the deer just aren't don't seem to be coming out in the field during the day because of all the mass in the woods. They just they don't have to go anywhere to really feed. They get out of bed and they're right there in their feed. What about with sign making? Are you seeing an increase or decrease uh, in sign making with rubs and scrapes? The rubs are about the same amount they was in early September. Uh, the scrapes have slowly started to increase. Uh, yeah, they're, they're starting to be a lot more sign. But they, the scrapes don't seem to be, they're active, but they're, we're not getting the, the bigger deer. Don't seem to be hitting them as hard as like the younger bucks are. Well, getting into the best days of November here, what does your best setup look like for the rut? My stand location is going to be the, uh, we're mostly in hill country, not not real, real, real steep, not mountains, but not flat lowlands either. Uh, around here, there's, there's a lot of timbering that goes on, so my stand location is going to be like a, a bench or a tram, an old tram road that's between a bedding area and they're a big oak flat or something and try to catch them in like a transition between their bed and their feed or from the feed back to their bed. But like I said, uh, with the different, with the, the sparsity of our oaks, you'll have a patch here and a patch there. There's nothing really of a hundred acres of oaks. It's more like two or three acres here. And then you'll have a bunch of hickory and beech, and then you'll have two or three acres of oaks. So it's hard to really pinpoint the deer, but just kind of climb in on your favorite patch of oaks and hope and pray that one comes running by. And going forward then in this next week or so, what do you think the buck activity is going to be on a scale of one to 10 in West Virginia? Like I said, the, uh, we're getting a big cold front coming in at the end of the week. Uh, so I think that's going to bump us up from probably a seven to maybe a high eight, eight and a half, maybe a nine. Um, so our, our rifle season comes in in two weeks. So that, our rut always hits about a week before then, so that ought to be pretty well peak time for us within the next week. All right, Zach, well, good luck with that cold front, and thanks for joining me. All right, thank you, Spencer. Before our next caller, though, let's pause to thank our sponsors at Whitetail Properties. And this week with Whitetail Properties, we are joined by Tony Hansen, a land specialist out of Michigan. And Tony is going to be telling us about how hunting strategy changes in pressured states like Michigan. I'd say the biggest difference is that just the availability, the number of older deer is much, much lower. So you don't have, you know, a bunch of them to pick from. So you, you've got to be pretty careful with the ones that you do have to hunt. And, you know, for me, it, it's all about trying to manage the, the ground that I've got so that I do have that age structure because it's, it's probably not going to be there on the neighbors. If you'd like to learn more, and to see the properties that Tony currently has listed for sale, visit whitetailproperties.com backslash Hansen. That's H-A-N-S-E-N. 
All right, and joining us on the line next is John Arman in North Dakota with Ultimate Outdoor Adventures TV. Now, John, in North Dakota, what would you say the buck activity has been lately on a scale of 1 to 10? I would have to say it's probably been around a 3 or a 4. Well, you know, we've uh, I've talked to a couple of my team members that um, uh, have been hunting pretty hard. I mean, they're out probably every evening, and he's still seeing um, almost like bachelor groups of bucks. He's seeing six and seven bucks hanging together and hasn't seen a lot. A little bit the younger bucks sniffing around. Um, and that was this last week. So, um, you know, I'm going to be going out here um, tomorrow, so I'll know more tomorrow, but hopefully the activity has picked up. So do you think that we're a ways off some of that really good activity or is it close? I think it's close. I think that, you know, for us, it always seems our rifle season opens up this time of year and, um, come this time of year, we usually have them hot and heavy chasing. And I just think, I don't know what it's been. I've, I've talked to several guys across the state from Western North Dakota to Eastern North Dakota, and it's been just kind of light. And we were out in Montana and experienced the same thing. Just um, the mule deer who seemed like they um, rut a little bit later were like, again, we saw three to four bucks together and they weren't pushing each other around very much and they weren't really on the door. So um, I always, I just think it sometimes it just turns on like a light switch and it's go time. And hopefully, in the next week, it's go time. Well, John, are you guys going through harvest at all there in North Dakota, and how do you think that'll change deer hunting for you guys? Well, it's it's made a, a big difference. My daughter shot a buck on October 13th, um, and the reason I attribute that kill was that we had him on game camera all fall, and um, we got some late-season rains and kind of changed some growth around and all our bucks moved out of our river bottoms and we couldn't find them. Didn't have this um, buck on trail camera for a month, but then our neighbors chopped their corn and we got out there two days after they chopped it and she killed that um, beautiful eight pointer. And it was because he um, was pushed back out of the crop. So, you know, a lot of our crops out here hold a lot of deer because we don't have a lot of trees, um, different kind of trains. So a lot of these animals will, will bed and live in the corn. So, with the corn and sunflowers starting to come off, it's going to push these deer around a little bit and then get them moving. Well, what are you seeing for sign making right now? or finding that rubs and scrapes are still active? Yeah, you know, I, I had set a couple cameras last week, and a couple of our um, go-to um, scrapes that we usually, you know, we don't usually hunt the scrapes, but I set a lot of cameras on scrapes because, um, you know, whatever buck is in the area comes through there, and it kind of gives us an inventory a lot of these scrapes that were just getting hit a little bit have really opened up quite a bit this time of year. So, like again, I, I, we're seeing that um, activity um, increase quite a bit. And like I said, I think in the next week, you know, it's going to shut down just because they're going to be busy doing doing other things. Well, as we get into be- some of those better hunting days, what does your best rut setup look like? Well, for us, you know, this time of year, we start rifle hunting. And, and the, the areas we hunt... Um, we hunt some big rolling hills, and we sit vantage points. And the reason we do that is we spot deer um, coming from a long ways away, and you'll see rutting activity all the way around you in different areas. And um, it gives us a, a vantage to to advantage to see these deer at a long distance and kind of see their pattern routes and um, get ahead of them and then make our move on them. And, you know, when we bow hunt, again, 
little different setup then. I'm still, a lot of my um, concentration is always on the food sources because this time of year, the does are, they're hitting the food sources and um, where the does are at, the bucks are going to be. So we try to intercept them going from their bedding area uh, to their food source. Well, going forward then in this next week or so, what do you think the buck activity is going to be on a scale of one to 10 in North Dakota? Well, I'm hoping for about a seven, eight, nine, or 10. I, I just think it's got to, it's got to kick in. We just haven't seen a lot of it. We've got cold temperatures right now. Uh, we got snow on the ground. So, you know, all the signs that help things along so that we'll see these deer during the daylight and, and watch them on their feet a little bit longer. So I'm hoping at least a, a seven, if not an eight. Well, John, I'm sure you guys will get something done with that gun season opening. So good luck and thanks for joining me. All right, buddy. Thank you very much. All right, and joining us on the line last is Cole Stevens in Michigan, the digital coordinator for hawk hunting. Now, Cole, in Michigan, what would you say the buck activity has been lately on a scale of 1 to 10? Uh, on a scale of 1 to 10 in the last week or so, I'd say it's been about a 6. Um, it's just starting to get steady here, and it's picked up a lot since the, the weeks previous, but I think it's, it's on the verge of getting a little bit better here shortly. So are you seeing any mature bucks moving yet, or still some of those younger age class deer? Uh, as of right now, it's all the younger age class. Um, personally, uh, it looks like online, uh, just the threads and stuff I look at, that they are starting to pick up um, significantly. Facebook and social media and stuff really shows you what the other part of the state is doing, and uh, Personally, most of my deer, the bigger the deer that I have on camera, are still all nocturnal. So, so how aggressive are you going to get then um, with that deer activity picking up a little? Are you going to try any calling? Are you going to move in and bedding yet? Yeah, you know, I'm going to kind of play it by, by sight and sound. And um, Lately, I've just been hunting our normal feeding areas, whether it's a food plot or just on the way to the food plots. Um, just trying to follow the does is my big thing right now. Whatever they're doing is is what I'm going to be trying to get to, um, and then kind of just trying to see if these bucks are going to show themselves during daylight in the next week or so, or if they're going to keep holding out and waiting till till dark. Well, with some of our best days of hunting uh, ahead of us here shortly, what does your best rut setup look like? Uh, personally, it, it's going to be uh, pinch points. Um, just what I I hunt in uh, within 300 acres of just straight woods, pretty much. So. I don't really have that, that field edge advantage or anything like that. I just got to find where these deer are cruising between bedding areas, uh, between food slots, where the pressure is, you know, on bordering properties as well as small, small parcels around me. So if I can just find those little those little honey holes where they don't feel comfortable cruising through, uh, that's going to be my perfect setup. And are your trail cameras changed lately uh, as far as location, or are you still running the same uh, setups as you were in October? Uh, most of them are the same, you know, over large areas. I, I did switch a couple and put them over off scrapes or there's scrapes that, that popped up. Um, and that seems to be the hot spot right now is just putting them on those. But I'll probably be transitioning those soon to uh, back to the, the more open areas to try and see what, what these deer are doing. Have you heard any reports yet in Michigan of does and bucks being locked down? Uh, not yet, no. No, just 
I don't know what you would even call it, but the phase just before that, you know, just the, the chasing has been light. Um, usually the stand that I sat tonight would be a, a perfect stand to, to really observe it, that type of movement. And, uh, you know, it was quiet. They weren't, they weren't cruising through. So I think, like I mentioned, that they're still, the bigger deer starting to get their noses wet and they're going to be looking really shortly and then walking down here. Well, going forward then in this next week or so, Cole, what do you think that buck activity is going to be in Michigan on a scale of 1 to 10? On a scale of 1 to 10, I'd say about an 8. Um, Michigan's shotgun and rifle season starts uh, a week from today, actually. So that's that's going to be quite the stir in the woods. Um, it always is for buck activity. You know, usually the first two days of shotgun and stuff are, are killers um, just because the bucks are up on their own feet and different pressure and whatnot, but uh, after that, I think it's going to probably die right back down for a little while because these deer start to feel more comfortable again once the weekend warriors and the opening day guys are, are done blasting, but yeah, in the next next seven seven to ten days, I think it's going to be really good hunting. All right, Cole, well, I hope you're able to get it done uh, before the Orange Army hits the woods, so good luck and thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks, Spencer. And that concludes this week's episode of Wired Haunts Rut Radio. I hope those all-day sits haven't gotten to you yet and that you still have some left in the tank for mid-November. We'd like to thank our sponsors at Sitka, Whitetail Properties, Whitetail Institute, Hontera, Matthews, Maven, Yeti, and Trophy Ridge. And we thank you guys for listening. As always, stay wired to hunt.